Father, we, we are so grateful for our time to come together in this place. And Lord, be with those that are at home, uh, maybe listening uh, uh, as they gather around, as we, as we unite together under the name of Jesus. We thank you so much for everything you've done for us and uh, the blessings of uh, the fact that uh, you unite us uh, and forgive us of our sins through him. In his name we pray, amen. Hey, open your Bibles with me to Ephesians chapter 1. We're going to dive into uh, the book of Ephesians. It's actually a letter, and uh, today we begin this new series of teaching that's entitled Better Together. All throughout the book of Ephesians, like Mike was saying, uh, Paul places this high value on our unity in Christ and the fact that we are better together. Uh, one of the things that I'm so thankful that we're able to be back with Ben as Ben gathers there with his family. He was under uh, quarantine for a little while. Yesterday, he got to celebrate with uh, a lot of the seniors at Ozark, and he was officially able to graduate from Ozark. Let's praise God for Ben and that. That's, what a great blessing. But in Scripture, we see evidence of being better together. But in normal life, we see this evidence that we're better together. In everyday life, we see these combinations of things or people that when they're brought together, just something special happens. It's, it's that type of person or thing. When you think of that, you'll think of the natural complement to that. I want to kind of play a little game, see if we can do this together, kind of get the blood going. It's participation from the, from the response of reading to this, to in a little bit we're going to get back into worship, so let's, let's get going together on this. But I'm going to say something, and then I want you to, to name that thing that naturally complements or makes that thing even better. For example, peanut butter and? Very good. Uh, it still surprised me, Jesse's never experienced that. That's just different. That's weird. Uh, how about bacon and? Awesome. Bread and? Good. Let's, let's, uh, let's uh, everybody involved, see if you can get this one. This was the first one the first service had trouble with. Fish and? Okay, good. Batman and? Tom and? Yeah, how many remember that? It was one of my favorite cartoons growing up. Uh, never got so much into this one. Scooby-Doo and? Still know that one. How about the younger crowd? Woody and? Buzz, Buzz Lightyear, that's right. This was my favorite of all time. Bo and one person's with me on that. <laughs> Bo and Luke, you guys not remember that? That's a, oh man, they were a great combination. Well, remember when they brought the cousins along when Bo and Luke kind of went on strike? It just wasn't the same. It just wasn't the same. How about this one? Laverne and? Sure. Bert and? Sure. Tiffany and? Okay, I'm glad some of you got that. I was kind of shoot for that. How about this one? Daryl and? Cats. Daryl and cats. <laughs> Not all combinations actually become better together. Daryl would be an example of that with cats. But it's true of us, the church. I want to celebrate this. We are better together. Amen? It is good. Whether you're here with us in person or you're with us online, uh, I encourage you, if you're listening on the radio or online, that you uh, uh, join together with someone that you're in relationship with, someone you're doing life with, and still be with him in praise. Paul says this right in the middle of Ephesians. He says, make every effort to keep yourselves united in the spirit, binding yourselves together with peace. He says, make every effort. We've got to work at this, guys. That's one of the reasons we have four services instead of three right now. There are some churches that were at two services or three, and they went to one. We're going to do our very best to make every effort that we can still be together, whether it's uh, 500 people in a service or 50. 
Paul says it's so important that we make an effort to be together because we're better together in a number of ways, a number of things. If you're online right now and you're just with one other person, you're better together than you are alone. Here's one of the dangers of this COVID crisis is the world is saying, well, you can do everything just as good as you can uh, with others in isolation. It's not true. We are made to live in harmony with one another. Now, there are very much things. You can pray by yourself. You can study God's word by yourself. But there's uh, some things that Paul says make every effort to be bound together in peace. Here's some of the things we're going to study over the next month. But today we're going to focus on we're better together praising God. I have never been in a worship service alone that I'm better by myself than I am with you. It's just never happened. I don't know if Ben can pull it off with his gifts and abilities. I cannot. You make me better. We're going to see that, I think, as we even move forward in today's worship service. We're better together praising God. And it's not just with music. It's with our lives as we lift up his holy name. We're also better together when we're forgiving one another, when we're in forgiveness. We're also better together in service, that we're the body, uh, and there's different parts of the body. And when we come together in service, we're strong. We're also, in the fourth week, we're going to study we're better together in war. Guys, we're at war together right now, not, not in a physical sense with guns or, or, or ammunition, but we are at war in the, in the heavenly realms in a spiritual sense. And when we are praying for each one another, when we're together in that battle, we're better than we are on our own. Right now, this world is pulled apart and divided in so many ways, whether it's by politics or race or economics, or it's just based on uh, what your view of this COVID situation is. We're divided in so many ways, guys. It is so important for the church to, to be uh, intimately united under, under Christ because then we'll shine. We will truly show a hope to the world that they don't see anywhere else because we have a hope in Christ that changes everything. I'm convinced we're better together praising God. And we're going to see this by Paul's testimony here in Ephesians. So many of us have spent more time than we ever thought in isolation. And we're going to make an effort to be better together in worship. There's something special that happens when the church makes an effort to praise God. Uh, it's, it's one of the reasons we are on the radio for the first time on a consistent basis. And we're online at a, a regular basis because we impact the world. Here, here's what happens when crowds come, when people come uh, to celebrate Jesus. When crowds come to Jesus in worship, crowds come to Jesus. It's contagious. If we would re, uh, uh, just kind of sit back and say, it's okay that we just stay in our homes uh, for the next few years and gathering together in church and, and being with one another is not that important. You know what happened for the voice of Christ in this community? It would shrink away. One of the most dangerous things for the church is to think that we do not need one another. We do. Make every effort to be drawn together. And when crowds come to Jesus, crowds come to Jesus. It's contagious. We read from this already in our responsive reading, but I want to share with you again from the NIV translation. It says this, praise him, young men and women, praise him, old men and children. Let them praise the name of the Lord. His name alone is honored. His glory is higher than the earth and the heavens. Praise the Lord. That's what Paul is also, as we enter into this letter to the church in Ephesus, we need to understand the context. He is calling all of the believers in Ephesus to, to refocus on one of the most important things. He doesn't just tell them to praise him. He says, we're going to praise him together right now. I, I, I look at this chapter and this, the opening verses in, uh, in the book of Ephesians, 
And Paul, I believe, is doing one of the first remote worship services ever, ever. And he's not using a radio. He's not using an online device. He is using a letter. But his, his model is we're going to gather together and praise Jesus every chance we get. Remember here, he's in prison, chained, the Bible tells us, to a soldier. Can you imagine uh, being changed, uh, chained uh, with a big, thick chain to a, a big uh, Italian brute of a soldier? And everywhere you wanted to go, you had to uh, pull this soldier along. And if he wanted to go this direction, that's the way you were going because he had authority of your life in that uh, state of prison. That's where Paul's at. As he goes to the restroom, as he eats breakfast, as he spends time lifting his hands and prays to God, that Roman soldier's right there with him. But it doesn't slow him down. Guys, Paul has obstacles to praise God, and so do we, but we're going to make every effort to be bound together, praising him. See, the church that Paul is writing here, he had been there for three years. He was an amazing pastor there. And then he left Timothy there, a great man of God, but they began to be distracted. They, they lost focus of what's most important. And I don't think it's by accident that he says, we're going to praise God, people. I, I want you to know that it's so important for us to lift up God's holy name, to praise him. I wonder if you've been distracted. The church in Ephesus was. It's easily, easy to be distracted in today's world. And Paul is telling us, uh, through the power of the Holy Spirit, we're going to praise his name and make every effort to do that. He jumps into praising him. Look at verse 3 of chapter 1. It says, Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in the heavenly realms with every spiritual blessing in Christ. In this one sentence, even though uh, this whole paragraph is one sentence, uh, the English language, we, we put a period there. Paul doesn't put a period. He just keeps going. But in this first opening line, he says, we're praising God and Jesus Christ is involved. And so is every spiritual blessing that comes from the Holy Spirit. Right from the beginning, there's this trinity uh, involved in praise. I want to give you a little sneak peek. We're going to end today by the doxology. I believe this passage may have inspired the doxology because all through this passage is this this reminder to praise the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. Paul is getting these people refocused on what God has done in this remote worship service, that he's not even able to be in their presence, but he says, we're going to praise God for every spiritual blessing. James puts it this way, the brother of Jesus in the New Testament. In James chapter 1, verse 17, it says, every good and perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father. So if you have something good in your life, if you have a good gift, a perfect gift, if you have a blessing right now, the, the, the reality is it comes from God, so our praise need to go, needs to go back up to him. And that's what Paul is modeling. So much of the time, we just take for granted the, the blessings of life. When Scripture is telling us to praise him for everything, uh, when we praise him, it takes our minds off of the things we're lacking and the things we want, and it puts our minds and focused on him. Paul is saying, in everything that I've received, even as I'm in prison, I'm excited about what Jesus is doing for my life. I wonder if that's true of you right now. I wonder if you've come here today ready to praise or you're coming today, Tyson, you've got to convince me to praise. Paul here is saying, if there's something good in your life, God deserves praise right now. And I know you're blessed. I know there's frustrations. I know there's fears. But God has blessed you with more things than we're generally aware of to give him praise for. Paul is doing that. If you have a Bible, you can see this, this long paragraph from verse 3 into verse 14. It's one fluid motion 
of language that is one run-on sentence. From verse 3 to verse 14, Paul goes off on this continuous thought of praising God, praising the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Paul's a lot like my children, I think, when they were young on Christmas morning. You, you know that when you were a child. Maybe there's children in your life right now. The stockings have been uh, kind of taken out. Uh, all the gifts have been uh, opened up and began to be enjoyed. And then there's this urge to call somebody. Maybe it's a friend. At our house, it's often the grandparents because they live a, a few hours away. And, and daily, the last few years, have got on the phone, and she'll have grandma or grandpa on the phone, and she'll be like, I got this, and I got this. Uh, this is amazing. I've been playing with this. I'm so excited about this. And then uh, I've heard her talk about this, such minute things that she is just excited about every little thing of that morning, she has to tell someone. That's the way Paul is in this scripture. We've been blessed with this, and we've been blessed with this. We've received this. God has poured on a blessing here. He's lavished on all these good gifts, and he's got to tell someone and praise God for that. I wonder when the last time you had that attitude. It may have been when you were seven on Christmas morning. Guys, it's time. As we come into worship, as we engage people in the world, when we consider the good gifts that have come from heaven, we need to lift up praise to God the Father. Man, that's our challenge from Paul today, to realize the blessings he's bestowed on us and give him glory. I think over the last few years, one of the only times that you'll really hear anyone talk about God's blessing or bless you or be aware of God's blessing is when someone sneezes. You guys know what I'm talking about? You'll hear a sneeze, you'll be like, bless you, bless you. Uh, We very seldom think of God's blessing on, on many other things. But that's even changed during COVID because if you hear a sneeze now, you don't hear God bless you. You hear the room just, just, just run away. You know, you hear a little sneeze or a cough and people don't uh, stick around to see who needs to be blessed. They're gone. With allergy season, it's real. The problem is real, okay? So if there's a sneeze in the next few moments, uh, just bless that person. But we need to understand that a blessing is more than a gesture or a simple nice saying when someone needs to be lifted up, we need to understand there are big blessings from God that need to deserve his glory and praise. There's going to be three main movements in this passage. It's one sentence. All these words we're going to cover today are are one thought where Paul gets excited and more excited and more excited. But the first thought is this, that we need to be thankful to the Father because he has selected us. We have been selected by the Father. It's what the scripture says. We've been chosen by him. Look what it says in verse 3. Praise be to God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in the heavenly realms with every spiritual blessing in Christ. For he chose us. He chose us. You you have been chosen. You have been selected by God to be in a relationship with him. Man, so many times in life we're worried about not being chosen. Whether it's on the playground for kickball or it's PE for uh, something you're playing there. It may be for that first job or, or applying for college or that university, or, or it, it may be for a spouse for uh, a lifetime together in marriage, and you're wondering, will I be chosen? And there's many times in life where we all deal with rejection. We don't get chosen. But guys, here's the core and most valuable thing you can ever be chosen for is a relationship with the Father. He wants you as his child. He wants you a son and daughter. And the scripture, Paul's reminding us, I, I know you've lost focus. I know you're distracted by the world. But remember, you have been selected by him to be in the family. And for that, we need to praise God. Amen? Amen. No one can take that away. We're brothers and sisters in Christ. We're children of God. We have been chosen by him. We've been saved for a relationship. And he did that before we even thought of. 
Do you guys know the scripture lets us, be, it lets us know here that we were selected or chosen by him before creation? Before Adam and Eve even existed, he says, I'm going to choose people to be in my family, to be in relationship with. I started realizing that at a young age. I was blessed, grew up in a Christian family. Uh, the first thing I realized was God loved me. And then it didn't take very long to realize that I had made bad choices myself. In fact, I know each one of you have made bad choices called sin. The Bible makes it clear that everyone has sinned and fallen short of God's glory. This is all about God's glory, and we have sinned and we've fallen short of that. But God says, I've chosen you before creation to to be in that glory, to be in my family. And as a young boy, I chose to allow his selection of me to be real. And I, I accepted Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior. And he says, because you have chosen me, because you've selected me, that, that I can be in relationship with him because of what Christ has done. God has chosen us also. Look at verse 4. He chose us in him before the creation of the world to be holy and blameless. We will never be holy and blameless on our own. There are people that try to this. There are are people that try to appear holy, to look holy, and and we should try to uh, imitate God in every way. But the only really way to be holy and blameless is to receive Jesus as your Savior. And that's what God has selected us to do. God doesn't just spray us off and say, stay here, don't move. He doesn't just take away our sins and clean us up and then leave us hanging. He saves us through Jesus and then brings us into a relationship with him. And that's for his praise, to bring us near to him. How does he do that? So he has selected us, and then we have been saved by the Son. Mike read this passage. I want to read it again. Look at verse 6. So we praise him because he selected us, but we also praise him for his glorious grace, which he has freely given us in the one he loves. In him we have redemption through his blood, that's Jesus, the forgiveness of our sins in accordance with the riches of God's grace that he lavished on us. Don't miss this. We have been saved through Jesus for Jesus. The Father has chosen you to be in his family, and Jesus makes that possible for his glory. Sometimes, and and I don't want to step on your toes, God did not save you for you to be glorified. God saved you so that you'd glorify his son. So many times we think this is about us. It's not. It is about Christ and his glory. We're reminded that in our position that we have been chosen and brought back into the family so we will praise him, so we'll glorify his name, so we'll be better together as brothers and sisters. In this one paragraph of this thought, these 11 verses, do you know how many times uh, Paul elevates the name of Jesus? How many times he lifts up the name of Jesus? How many times he uh, uh, mentions it and celebrates it? 15 times in one long run-on sentence, he celebrates Jesus 15 times and praises his name. I wonder when the last time you ever mentioned in just a normal day outside this church building that you want to praise the name of Jesus. Paul does it here 15 times while he's in prison. But Tyson, my life's pretty hard. Uh, If I'm not here, I'm just in isolation. We can't even go out to eat anymore. Isn't that a bummer? You know, all these things are against us. How about trying this instead of thinking all the negative things? Say, praise the name of Jesus. I, I I challenge you to do that. You'll feel better. When we lift up the name of Jesus, even in our our darkest moments, it leads our heart to to feel better, to be in a better position. Because he's the one who's rescued us. He's the one who saved us. He deserves glory. We all have a rescue story, a story in our lives, a position in our life where we had to be saved. Wonder how many of you can 
quickly remember a point where you had to be saved or rescued by someone? Raise your hand. Just, just anything. You know, it could, have been, it could have been out of a pool when you were drowning. It could have been uh, uh, pushed out of the way of a car. Or, you know, it could have been uh, pulled off the back of a four-wheeler. A four-wheeler is just about ready to, to crash. It could be so many different things. In this dangerous situation, you needed to be rescued. I wonder how you respond to that. Are you humbled and thankful, or are you angry because I could have taken care of myself? I remember the first time I really had to be rescued. I mean, I was in a situation where I couldn't help myself at all, and I knew it. I was five years old. I was asked to be the ring bearer at my Uncle Joe's wedding. It was a big deal. The first wedding I was ever going to attend, and I was going to be the ring bearer. It was a big deal. Uh, the problem was they had, they had given me a couple uh, like uh, wedding gifts to be participating in even before it started. That was the first wrong move they made. They honored me for doing it before I even did anything. But at age five, one of the biggest problems wasn't the gifts they had given me, was the fact that I felt like after a few weeks of knowing his fiancée named Marla, that it would be better for me to marry Marla than my Uncle Joe. I was just like, it's just, this is the way it needs to go. I'm going to marry her someday. So in the night of the rehearsal, we were hanging out at the hotel, getting ready to go to the church. This was in Indianapolis, about two hours from where uh, we grew up. So we were just kind of prepping there, putting on the, the rehearsal clothes and, and, and getting ready. And I was like, how can I slow this down? How can I kind of make this thing where it doesn't happen? So I found a set of keys and I tossed them under the bed, the keys we needed to go to the church. And one of the guys says, hey, I can't find my keys. Another guy says, well, I saw Tyson with him earlier. And they all looked at me. And after about like a total of five seconds of interrogation, I said, they're under the bed. And they said, well, crawl under the bed to get it. Do you know in today's world, in hotels and motels, you can't even go under the bed. It's a, it's a great thing because uh, if there is a situation where you can get under the bed, guess where I've got to look? And a family says, you've got to look under the bed. I always love that feeling. Everybody's thinking there's someone under the bed. And you're like, okay, I'll look. Well, if you look and they're there, that's not going to go well, right? But, but in today's world, you really can't get under the bed. But this was a, a really low bed a man couldn't get under. I could barely even squeeze under there as a five-year-old. So I'm kind of shimming under to get the keys. And, and as I'm kind of twisting around to get back out, one of the coil springs for the bed jabs me in my thigh right here. And I still have a scar right here. And it begins to twist in my leg. And as I turn to get out more, it kind of coils around and starts to, to go up into my skin. And the guys thought I was pulling a fast one. And, and I was saying I was caught. They couldn't see. So they began to pull me out. And it just twists even a little bit more. But by the end of the day, they were taking the bed apart with these uh, uh, paramedics and things that had tools. And, and I had to be rescued. And then later, I had to be rescued from my father. Because <laughs> I had done wrong. But I wonder a time when you'd been rescued. I wonder if you, if you respond with humility and thanksgiving and praise, or do you respond with anger? Oh, I could have done it myself. The reality is we need rescuing. But human nature is to become angry, thinking I didn't need anyone to help me. I believe Ronald Reagan was probably the best president of my lifetime so far. Now, that could still be debated. I will admit, every year that uh, we get away from Ronald Reagan's presidency, I romanticize it. And I, he goes from a, a good president to an amazing president in my mind. But he's a good man. I, I love reading about him and hearing many of his amazing quotes. Many of you know he was a governor and a movie star before that. But did you know he was a lifeguard? He spent a, a number of summers as a lifeguard before he was famous at all. And as history uh, has it, he saved more than 70 people from dying by drowning. He goes on to say, though, that the majority of those people that he saved from, from death 
became angry as they pulled him out of the water, pretending that they were all the whole time fine and they didn't need any help. Ronald Reagan admits that there's something strange about us as humans that even when we're facing death, we want to pretend like everything's fine. I want you to know if you're listening online or you're here and you're, uh, you're knowing the truth of why we'd ever praise God, the, the most amazing thing is we need to praise God is because he desired to save you and he's done it through his son and everyone needs a savior because you can't handle your sin on your own. There's no way possible that we can pull ourselves out of facing death on our own, but Jesus Christ does that. And he doesn't just save us to set us aside. He saves us to be in relationship with him, to fulfill his will. Look at what the Bible says. It goes on to say this. He says, he made known to us the mystery of his will according to his good pleasure, which he purposed in Christ. It's all for Christ's purpose to put into effect while when the times reach their fulfillment to bring unity to all things in heaven and earth under Christ. Here's this truth again. We have been saved by Jesus, for Jesus, under him, to, to praise him. It's all about him. And the more we think we could have done it on our own, the, the entire time we miss the point, we are lost and headed to hell. But in Christ, we have relationship and can be in heaven. And that's why he deserves praise. That reality should get the mind, our minds off ourselves. It just should. It should lead us to praise him because he's the one worthy of it. We have been saved by Jesus for Jesus. Paul puts it this way in Philippians chapter 2. He says this, Therefore, because of this, God exalted him to the highest place and gave him the name that is above every name, that the name of Jesus every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue acknowledge that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. The goal of God's plan is that we would come together under Christ and give him glory and that that would continually flow. And we uh, circumvent that goal when we think it's all about us and we begin to complain and whine and sit in the prison of life thinking it's about us. Here's what we need to know as much as anything today. It is all about Jesus. And that's why he deserves our praise and glory. Some of you are going to enjoy this way too much, but I want you to find someone right now and just let them know you are not the center of the universe. Go ahead and tell your spouse that. Tell someone, you are not the center of the universe. Your value does not come from who you are or what you've done or what you've got going for you. Your value comes because you're in Christ. Your value doesn't come from the fact you're in love, even though being in love is amazing. Your value doesn't come from the fact you're in the United States, even though it's the greatest country there's ever been in the world. Your value doesn't come from being in wealth or in health because all of those can be taken away in a moment's notice. You could lose the love of your life. Your health could be taken away. Your wealth could be taken away. But one thing that cannot be taken away where, where we need to be led to praise God is because we are in Christ. No one can take that away. And it should lead us to praise him. We've, we've been selected by God, we've been saved by Jesus, and we've been sealed by the Holy Spirit. Look back to the text. He says, you were included in Christ when you heard the message of truth, the gospel of your salvation. When you believed, you were marked in him with a seal, the promise of the Holy Spirit, who is a deposit guaranteeing your inheritance until the redemption of those who are God's possession, to the praise of his glory. So to the, praise, to the praise of his glory, we are selected. To the praise of his glory, we were saved. And to the praise of his glory, we have been sealed and marked as we belong to God. God loves you so much that he not only sent Jesus to die for you, to save you, but he loved you enough to say, that's mine. And you belong to him. There's where your value comes. That's why we praise him. 
because we have the confident hope that we belong to him. A couple weeks ago, we were talking about this concept of being marked with the Spirit, and I shared with you my great-grandfather, Curly Doc. He had this this passion to, to mark everything if it was his. He did it with a grinder if it was metal. He did it with like a, a kind of like a, a, a steam thing with a, a metal thing if it was wood. He would put a brand on it. And if it was anything else, he would, with a label maker, he would put uh, who it belonged to. It must have kind of caught on to the family because later on in life during the 80s, we were marking anything of value that was our families, or especially us as kids, with our names, with a permanent marker. Anybody remember those days where you just marked everything with a permanent marker? Like uh, mom would say, now mark your jacket. We'd get a new jacket for school. Or, or mark your jeans. Or I can remember marking my belt, uh, my shoes. I'd mark my baseball hats, my gloves, the bats. We could mark anything we could with a permanent marker just saying it was ours. One summer, we were hanging out at a campground with area families of our community just kind of having one of those uh, just great community camping experiences. But a lot of things start to, to be together. You know, the kids all bring things together and play, and luckily we had marked most of the stuff. But, but on this summer, we had received one of the, the great technological breakthroughs of the time. We received one of the, the new handheld devices that was changing society. And this was before pagers, uh, before smartphones. This was even before I had a calculator, guys. The handheld device that changed my life in 1982 was an Etch-a-Sketch. You might remember those? Breakthrough of technology. I took one apart one time. It's really not that special inside, okay? But Etch-a-Sketch was a big deal back then. And, and one of our friends, after the, kind of the weekend was over, he had claimed this Etch-a-Sketch for himself. And I said, man, that's, that's our Etch-a-Sketch. I said, see that thing on the top corner? Uh, our etch sketch has that little blemish. He goes, ours has that too. And then a little, there was a little hairline crack in the, like the bo- bottom of the, the right-hand corner of the screen. He goes, oh, my etch sketch has that too. And, and you could see where this is going. Whatever I said that this was our etch sketch he was going to say, well, it was my etch sketch And I said, hey, why don't you flip it over and see the gravers written on the back? And we, we secured the etch sketch and went back, and my brother and I told mom that story. And, and mom, was she was always praising God. She says, praise God we marked that etch sketch <laughs> Praise him. Praise God you have been marked by the Holy Spirit that you belong to him. There is no question who you belong to. You, you may have a blemish here. You may have a... a, 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 a a mark on your heart that's been hurt for years, but God has said, you belong to me, and that gives you more value than you'll ever know. And for that, we need to praise him. We need to live like it. When we understand who we belong to, it gets our minds off of ourselves. Paul could have been in prison worried about me, me, me. I, I, I don't even get to eat right anymore. I don't get to do this with my friends. And yet, instead of complaining about what he doesn't have, he uh, celebrates who he is in Christ, that he has been sealed with the Holy Spirit. I would encourage you to do the same thing. When you're frustrated about uh, this thing or, or this dilemma in life, be reminded that your value comes because you've been marked by the Holy Spirit. Praising God gets your mind off of yourself. I pray one of the blessings of today is being with each other is that you can focus on someone else and most importantly, on focus on God. And remember, you're not alone. And we're gonna make every effort to have peace and unity under Christ. 
I want to let you know some of the efforts we're going to make the next few weeks. We're stepping into being more and more unified, more and more connected in the midst of COVID. Next Sunday, uh, children's ministry is going to start again at the 9 o'clock, 9.30 hour. Um, we're going to have children's ministry again from birth until fifth grade with kids' church and all the way down to nursery. And I want you to know if you have a child or a grandchild that you'd like to get plugged into that, you will need to register for that. You'd be like, well, how are we going to keep the kids safe? It's going to be a lot like school. All the children, all the workers in that entire wing are going to be masked. The kids do a great job with that, guys. We're going to ask them to continue to do that because we're not going to ask the three-year-old to social distance. We're not going to say, now, Johnny, please social distance from Jill. It's what's proper. No, we're going to put a mask on them. Uh, we're also going to do a, a temperature check. And if they have a temperature, we're going to ask them to, to go back to online with mom and dad because we're going to do every effort we can to be together but to, to be also unified under Christ. Next Sunday also, there's going to be a great opportunity for junior and senior hires. There's going to be a youth group event at camp Lots of space for social distancing. Between 5 and 7 o'clock, we're going to have a youth group event with worship and, and activities with a lot of youth from the area. So make sure your uh, junior and senior hires get to that. And then Sunday, uh, the 20th, we're going to have our first fall kickoff for youth group here right on campus. And as long as we can, our goal right now is to stay outside with our youth group students, with student ministry. They are not going to have to wear a mask outside, but we're going to ask them to bring a mask. If it would rain or the bad weather would come up, we're going to go in the gym and then properly mask if necessary, if we can't continue to social distance. But guys, we're going to make every effort to continue to move forward because we're better together. Amen? We're better together. Our youth are better together. They're drawn and find strength with one another. It is time to move forward in those ways. And we're going to continue to keep an eye on COVID locally. And if there begins to be an outbreak, we'll adjust. But guys, it's, Scripture lets us know that we're better together. We need to make every effort to be bound under Christ and glorify him. I want to leave you with a simple acrostic as we prepare to get back into two more songs of worship that I want you to participate in, in much the same way as we've done already today. But I want you to consider using these praise uh, tactics uh, that we see in the Bible to glorify the name of Jesus. The first one is just to proclaim his name. Scripture says this, the P for praise means proclaim in my heart. It says this, I will exalt you, my God and King, and praise your name forever and ever. Anytime you get a chance to lift up the name of Jesus, do that. Fifteen times in this one passage, Paul says, uh, glorifying Jesus, praising his name for God's glory. When is the last time you took a moment and said, man, I'm just going to praise Jesus. I'm going to praise his name. Proclaim it every chance you get. Have this be a remedy for COVID. Anytime someone complains about COVID to you, look for a way to give glory to God because of Jesus and see if it doesn't change the conversation. Raise your hands in honor. That's what the R uh, helps my heart remember, or to raise your hands in honor. Psalms uh, 63 says this, I will praise you as long as I live, and in your name I will lift up my hands. I think sometimes we go through church culture and say, well, uh, pr praising, uh, praising God's name and lifting up holy hands is meant for uh, maybe a, a man who's graduated from Bible college with a worship degree, or, or the pastor is understood to do that. Here's what the Bible says. Uh, the, the Word of God says, I, I would challenge all men to lift up holy hands in praise and worship. You're like, man, that feels strange to me. I've never done that. Try it at home first. Next time you're praying, it could be in your bathroom or in the shower when you're alone. Say, God, I praise you and lift up your hands and see if it doesn't just give glory to him. 
See if it doesn't take you to a place where you're not thinking of yourself anymore, but you are focused on him no, no matter what anyone else thinks. I think it's a reminder, though, that our entire bodies need to be dedicated to worship. It could mean as you're on your knees. It could be as you're home and alone in your bedroom, you're laying flat on the floor, uh, just uh, laid out before him, acknowledging that he is king of your life. The A can remind us to applaud what he has done, what he's doing, what he will do. The word of God says this, Come, everyone, clap your hands, shout to God with a joyful, note, with a joyful praise. If we're going to praise him, there's going to be a moment we applaud him for what he's doing. I noticed after the first song, there was some applause. It wasn't bad, but, but I, I wonder if sometimes when, when we worship and there's this break moment, if we don't think we're applauding what Ben and the team has done, maybe what the, the, the tech crew has done upstairs, I want to go on record here right now. We applaud only Jesus Christ in worship. We, we lift up God the Father in heaven, Jesus Christ, and say thankful uh, for the Holy Spirit. Let's, let's get this uh, out of our mind that we are, are obligated to somehow give a, a kind of just a, a clapping of, of appreciation for these guys up here, guys. That's not what we're to do. We're to applaud what God has done through Jesus Christ. So in a little bit, we're going to have the opportunity in worship to applaud again. And, and I want you, whether you liked the song or you didn't, whether you thought they had a great uh, performance or, or their voices were uh, in tune together, leave that all uh, behind us. But if God is to be glorified, give him praise with an arousing applause. Let's try it right now. No, it's not based on the sermon. It's not based on a song. But we're just going to lift up God and praise his name with our hands in applause because he deserves it. Let's go. One, two, three. I want us to be a place that, that will, 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 with passion, uh, give him praise because it inspires others. That's what the I can stand for in our hearts. Look, look at what the Word of God says here. I will praise the Lord at all times. I will constantly speak his praise. I will boast only in the Lord. Let all who are helpless take heart. Here's what he's saying. When we praise him, those who are helpless, those who are hopeless, those who are hurting will take notice and it'll be contagious. Come and let us tell the Lord's greatness. Let us honor his name together. We're better together at that. Guys, I, I can speak about this too. I'm blue in my face, and the community really doesn't pay attention. But when an entire church believes in the hope of Jesus Christ and we praise him for it, people will pay attention. It'll be contagious. And people who are helpless and hopeless will be drawn to Christ. When crowds come to Jesus and praise him, crowds come to Jesus to give their lives to him. Let's make that our goal. The S is simply this, shout for joy. The word of God says time and time again, shout to the Lord all the earth. Break out in praise and sing for joy. You might say, well, I can't sing very well. Don't, don't care, shout it, shout it out. I've got a total of like five songs that are in my range, okay? And that's before I got allergies going on. You may not be able to sing well. You, you may not even be that comfortable singing, so shout it out. Shout out praise for his glory, for, for the joy that is in your heart because of what Christ has done for you. And it will excite others. That's the last thing I want to share. When we live this out, praise before God, it's, it's, it excites others. In Acts chapter 3, there's this man who was lame, couldn't walk, couldn't move. He's been that way for a while, and he's just trying to make it through the day. So he goes to Peter, and he says, Peter, I know you've got some ministry money. Can you just spare some gold or silver to help me get through the day? But look what Peter says. Silver or gold I do not have. I'm sorry, I don't have any. 
But what I do have, I give you. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, walk. Taking him by the right hand, he helped him up. And instantly the man's feet and ankles became strong. He jumped into his feet and began to walk. Then he went with them to the temple courts. He went to them to the place of, of praising God, walking and jumping and praising God. If that's not exciting, guys, I don't know what is. It's time for the church when we have realized we've been saved, when God has picked us up and allow us to run and walk, that we should go throughout life excited, praising his name. But you know too often what we do, we just act like everything's just okay. I've heard these conversations. I've even been, some, some of them, uh, someone in the community will say, well, I heard you guys are actually meeting. You know, uh, after like the third month of, of meeting together again in worship, somebody may engage you and says, are you guys really meeting at church? And you're like, yeah, we are. And they'll be like, well, how's it going? It's got to be different with COVID. And generally, here's how the conversation goes. A Christian will say, yeah, we've been meeting and there's four services now and there's just not many people there. It's just, it's just okay. So I hear people saying that type of thing. Does, is that going to attract the world at all? When, when someone asks you, are we meeting together in worship? I, want, I, I would challenge your response to be a little bit more like this guy who has been saved, who one time couldn't walk, who, who was left for dead. And, and you say, now, you know what? In the midst of all this, we are meeting. And it's exciting. We're worshiping God. We're growing in him. And the one thing that really gets me through the week is being together with brothers, sisters in Christ and worshiping God the Father in heaven. And it is good. And you know what really get them is if you left jumping and skipping and praising God, it'd make an impression. <laughs> Guys, I long for a church that's excited about what God's doing in your life, even though things are different, even though we can't hang out at the restaurant after church and be together and all those things. God is still providing and Christ is king and he deserves our praise. Let's pray. Father in heaven, as we come to this time and sing these songs, I pray that it is not in, um, in adoration of the band or anyone working here today, but it is in adoration of you. As we clap our hands, we would adore you. As we shout that we would lift up your name. As we lift our hands, they would be in adoration and praise of your name and what you've done, that you have uh, selected us, you have saved us, and you've sealed us. Let us not hold anything back. In Jesus' name I pray, amen.